0: Again, I want to say thanks for you uh, joining me to. Uh, can't even talk. Blah, blah, blah. Thanks for joining me this morning, uh, regardless of what platform you're using uh, to do that with. Hey, let me ask you a question. I'm going to show you a couple of slides here. You guys remember the story of the big bad wolf, you know, and Little Red Riding Hood and all that kind of stuff? I guess the big bad wolf was one with the pigs, but this is Little Red Riding Hood. Remember the story? I mean, it really is a story based on fear. If you remember, the original story was one where Little Red Riding Hood went through the woods in order to get to her grandma's house. But along the way, she encounters this wolf. And the wolf ends up eating her and then going to grandma's and eating grandma. And then a woodsman, a hunter, comes along and he sees what happened. And he shoots and kills the wolf, guts the wolf like a deer, and then out pops Little Red Riding Hood, you know, and Grandma. It's a horrible story. I mean, when you think about it, it's a story that just would invoke fear in little kids that were being told this story. I mean, if I was a kid, I'd be afraid to go into the woods. Well, let me ask you another one. You ever been at an outing or a function or a party or something and you're, you know, outside enjoying the beautiful weather and sun and all that and, you know, you're having a drink of Coke or something and and all of a sudden you lift it up to your mouth and you take a swig only to realize that some bees must have gotten in it and now you have a mouthful of whatever it is you're drinking along with a bee. Oh my gosh, that would... Uh, be a fearful thing i know it would be for me because you know what i'm uh uh, i'm allergic to bees so i just can't do that but that would be a horrible thing to experience and then there's another scenario i want to remind you of what about you're at home at night and you know the day is done and everything's gone according to plan and you're kind of winding down halfway falling asleep in your chair and and all of a sudden, you hear the lock on the front door starting to jiggle, and you hear somebody trying to get in. Would that instill a certain amount of fear in you? I mean, have you been in that situation? Have you been in that situation where all of a sudden, you know, it's who's trying to get in here, and and all of that stuff? You know, we got to remember that it is when we look at the things that are in front of us. And not the God that is with us, that many times fear overwhelms us, and it's easy to get blindsided by that fear. Many times the circumstances that we're facing, you know they they lead us into this paralysis brought on by fear, where we're afraid to do the things that we know you know that we should do. well. You know, I want to share with you a situation here, and let me, before we read the scripture, let me kind of set the stage for you. The nation of Israel uh, had split, and there was the northern kingdom of Israel, and then there was the kingdom of Judah. And anyway, Judah was being surrounded by all of these uh, very aggressive and opposing nations. Uh, Judah was afraid that they were going to get wiped out. So, what happens was they go to the prophet Jeremiah, who was among them, and they asked Jeremiah to go and inquire to God, what is it that we should do? You know, should we stay put or, you know, should we run and hide? Or what? what is it that we should do? They were considering going to Egypt, where they knew that they would still be oppressed, but they didn't think that they would be totally wiped out. So this is what the prophet Jeremiah comes back to them and says, he says, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you have sent me to present your petition, says. If you stay in this land, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you. For I have relented concerning the disaster I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord. For I am with you, and I will show you compassion, so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to the land. You know, it was was a difficult scenario. The nation of Judah was ready to trust in God one more time. Um, but in their history, if you looked at it, uh, the, the Jewish people have always trusted in God and life was good. And then when life was good, then they kind of fell away from God and life turned sour. And then they would realize and, and that they have a dependence. They need God in their life. So then they would turn back to God and start to trust in God again and pray to God again and, and, and repent of the the falling away from God that they had done earlier, and then God would restore them. And then they would get all healthy and, you know, comfortable in their situation again, and then they would do the same thing over and over and over again. Well, this time in the nation of Judah, they were ready to trust God one more time. Uh, They were ready to be restored, and they certainly were ready for God to protect them from the Babylonians. When you look at situations like this, the fear that goes along with it has a way of being instilled in the human heart. You know, the fear of the Babylonian Empire and what could happen to them was in the way of them making the choice that God wanted them to make, which was to trust him and to stay where they were. You know, Israel forgot, Judah forgot the circumstances Uh, may have been overwhelming, but you know what? God does his best work sometimes when the circumstances are difficult. God does his best work. Well, let me ask you a question. When we pray for a loved one or we pray for ourselves, when we're facing difficulties, we're facing things that appear to be overwhelming, you know, do we trust in what God is doing? Or do we simply want to take things under our own control and then have God assist us? It really is the difference. It really is the scenario that Judah was facing at this point. The Jews were facing was, you know, do we trust God in this oppressive situation that, you know, he wants us to stay here? Or do we simply run and go somewhere else? Well, that was part of the problem. You know, as a church, as a, as a United Methodist denomination, we kind of are faced with the same scenario today. You know, we spend way too much time looking at the circumstances of what's in front of us. How much money do we have in our budget? You know, how many people are sitting in the pews? You know, look at our congregation. We're getting older. We can't do the things we used to do. Oh, and by the way, I'm, I'm really busy now. You know, life has become quite busy. We come up with all the reasons why we can't do something instead of looking at what God has called us to do and remembering that in spite of circumstances, God can handle it. God always does his best work when the odds seem to be impossible. I'm going to give you a little reminder of uh, back in the book of Judges, This was a time in Israel's history where it was quite chaotic and very, you know, things were just in turmoil and God would raise judges up in order to rule and to guide and direct the nation of Israel. Well, one of them was a judge by the name of Deborah. God raises this woman up in this very unique time and gives her tremendous victories in battle uh, in order to protect the nation of Israel. What about when the Israelites were faced with the Red Sea? And then the Egyptians, you know, had them backed up there in the corner and the Egyptians were on their way to massacre them. God does his best work. What does he do? He parts the Red Sea. And he says, you know, and by the way, the the ground will be dry. So your sandals don't get all muddy when you walk across. What about when God used the donkey to reason with this prophet Balaam? You know, God does his best work when things seem impossible. And we have to remember that God does not have limitations. They just are not there. Well, let me continue on with this story. And Jeremiah continues with what God had told him. However, if you say, we will not stay in this land and so disobey the Lord your God, and if you say no, We will go and live in Egypt, where we will not see war or hear the trumpet or be hungry for bread. Then hear the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. If you are determined to go to Egypt, and you do go and settle there, then the sword you fear will overtake you there, and the famine you dread will follow you into Egypt, and there you will die. You know, I, I got to tell you, fear is one of these things that just becomes so overwhelming many times in our life. I want you to notice, though, how God always gives us the choice. You see, he gives us his free will and he wants us to exercise it but in faith and in trust in who he is. God always seems to give us the choice just like he was giving Judah back then. Yeah, you can go to Egypt but this is what's going to happen. Or you can stay here and it's going to be difficult but I'll get you through it and I'll continue to build you up. Well, what does that say about you know, our church today? The Church of Christ worldwide as we face all kinds of problems and, you know, all kinds of discriminations and all kinds of issues we face in the world. Should we become fearful? Should we run and jump ship and go hide somewhere? Or do we simply trust that God in His unlimited power and omnipotence can handle whatever the problem is uh, that we're facing? You know, the nation of Israel uh, and Judah, the Jewish people, all throughout their history they had had this problem the same one that we face today and that is that being a a faithful follower of God is a very difficult place to be there's so much opposition to it there's so many times that we that we fall away from trusting in God because we don't get the things that we want you know, you, you got to remember, we don't always get what we want. God's plan for us is not to give us, you know, the rose garden here. The plan for us is to redeem his people, is to redeem us from the life that we are, have been living outside of a relationship with God. Jeremiah is, is urging these people to remain faithful. To seek God's countenance and to seek God's provision in their life, I want you to see that the, that what God was asking them to do wasn't terminal. It was simply corrective. Stay, you know, right where you are, and I will withhold many of the things that Babylon would normally do to you and that you would expect them to do to you. But He says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you compassion, and I'm gonna show you so much compassion that even the king." of Babylon will show you compassion. So why were they so afraid? Well, Nebuchadnezzar again was, uh, he was a maniac. He was just as as cruel as they could get. You know, he had pillaged uh, the, you know, the treasures from Solomon's temple. He had took 10,000 of the Jewish fighting men into captivity. Uh, and what is, what is the people, what does the leadership in Jerusalem when all this is going on do? They continue to follow their pagan ways. You see, they refuse to turn to God and repent. They continue to want to do things their way. Friends, it doesn't work. And believe me, I have tried. I have tried so many times in my life to do things my way. And it just simply doesn't work. We need to remember that it is in God that we can trust and in God that we need to trust. Sometimes we're called to what I call a painful obedience of God's plan. You know, Israel, the nation of Judah there, they had the two choices. Go to Egypt and run, uh, hope that the things uh, Jeremiah said don't come true or stay put and trust that God is going to protect us. Trust that God is going to deal with all of the things that, you know, we're faced with. The plan can be painful. You know, in our denomination today, as, as the denomination fights over sexuality and some other issues, you know, many people are, are fearful. They're fearful, fearful can't even talk. Fearful about what is going on with their church. This is the church I grew up in. It's a church that I'm used to. It's a church that, you know, I've come to faith in. You know, I've come to learn who God is, and I've come to, to grow in my relationship with Jesus in this church, and it looks like it's falling apart around me. Is that what God wants us to do? No. He doesn't want us to be fearful about those things. He wants us to remain faithful and to continue to trust in what he's doing. You know, I want you to see that that God's plan for us is not always one that is without difficulties. You know, there will be the illnesses. There will be the times when the illness doesn't go away. There will be the times when we have to deal with loss. There will be the times when, you know, things, the rent doesn't get paid and the, you know, the, the, kid that we've prayed for for so many years continues down a road of destruction. There's, there's all of these things that will continue to take place. Don't let the fear of those things overwhelm you or to drive your faith into the ground. Continue to trust in the presence of God, the provision of God, and just understand that that's how God wants things to be so that we might have a right relationship with him. So that's my hope and prayer for you this week, is that we would realize and and wrestle with, it's not always going to work out the way we see it, the way we want it. But what will work out is God's plan. And we need to be open enough and trusting in God enough to be a part of it. Remembering that one day we will all be united, reunited in the kingdom of heaven. Friends, thanks And God bless, and I hope you have a great week. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live, Sundays at 1130 a.m., or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org. And just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining. And don't forget to like and share. God bless.